Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into two episodes from the series Room 104. Yeah, we did Hotel Room and Mm -hmm. under Hotel Room on Wikipedia, it said shows with the same premise. Room 104. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and some BBC show that I've never heard of. Well, I think it's like, it's a good premise and definitely room for a lot of weirdness to happen. And I feel like it's very reminiscent of hotel room. It is definitely very reminiscent of hotel room. Okay. Well, let's just go into first impressions. Cause I have things. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But just for reference of the two episodes we did pick out are from season two, episode oh, yeah, three, yeah. <laughs> and then season three, episode 11. So just yes. uh, for Swipe reference. right and crossroads. We picked them ba- basically because we saw the cast list. And we were like, we want those two people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they sounded the most fun. <laughs> yeah. They're some of our favorites. Yeah. So what was your first impression? Um, I really liked both of them. I think out of the two, my purse, uh, it's a lot of. I don't know. I have like certain things I liked more about certain episodes, but I really enjoyed them a lot. I had really great people in it and it kind of makes you want to watch other episodes in the series just to see what they're like. Nice. I really enjoyed them a lot. (laughs) Well, I feel like when we were watching Hotel Room, we Mm -hmm. were like, this is a good premise that's just not being made to work. And after watching these two, I thought, this is just not a good premise. (laughs) (laughs) Personally. Because I was like, they have the exact same problems as the hotel room episodes we watched. Because they're very static. They're all in one room. They Mm -hmm. make no sense. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think there is that, like, David Lynch kind of almost, like adjacent to nonsensicalness that happens where especially in the swipe right episode where it's like a musical number happens and I really enjoyed the musical number but it was like oh it came out of nowhere (laughs) I enjoyed the musical number but I felt like the rest of the premise of the episode was like I just couldn't get into it I didn't I don't know maybe I I wasn't really getting into it and I kept thinking Okay, well, what I thought <laughs> was a problem with hotel room, I think mm-hmm. it's just a problem with a half an hour series set in one room where we're trying to be experimental and not tell stories correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what a show that has this premise needs is at least one through line. We need one story that is, a, even if it's just like from the housekeeper's perspective or the hotel owner's perspective where we're seeing a di- like something that we can follow throughout each episode, even if it's just like five minutes of the episode, mm. because you know, I, you're, I think with this kind of premise, you're being kind of thrust into it and kind of almost asked to be cared, caring about these people. And I don't feel like we have enough time to really care about these people because you only get 30 minutes yeah. and we don't really know much about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, like the crossroads I got into mm-hmm. and I felt like it was much more of a linear story, but yes. also it felt very much like a play, you know, like mm-hmm. everything feel like even swipe right felt like kind of an absurdist play. That one, I just, I couldn't follow what was happening. I was like, 
I mean, I kind of got yeah. it by the end, but I was also like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all hinting at these bigger stories that just never really get fulfilled, I think, is the main problem. <laughs> right, right. I think really what a show like this needs is the story can have these like kind of outside things going on where you have like the hints at like, oh, this person's got like this really interesting past or whatever. But then I think the story needs to be specific to the room that we're watching. So like for Swipe Right, the whole like Russia technologist, I don't know what he was, but like the whole outside storyline that we're kind of like being told is sort of going on, but also like we don't get anything really for it. Like, I feel like we don't need that. We just need what's happening in the room to happen and build on that. Yeah, maybe if they weren't so concerned with, you know, trying to tell this story. I was just really trying to think about it in terms of hotel room a lot. And I was just surprised because, you know, this one has four seasons and is in theory, I suppose, popular, you know, like if it had four seasons, it must be popular. Right. And it's not bad. It's not like I'm saying either of them are bad. I Mm -hmm. just had the same issues with this one that I had with hotel room. And yeah, it made me think, oh, this is just kind of a, a better in theory than practice premise. You know? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it made me start to think about Poker Face and how that's kind of like an anthology series, but we have that through line of Charlie. Yeah. And so we kind and of. It's an hour or four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's like a building <laughs> of a story and we get to spend enough time with these people. And so I feel like maybe it would do better. I would be interested to see 30 minute episodes, but with some sort of through line that would make me kind of be like, all right, I'm going to invest in it because there's going to be something that happens maybe down the line or some sort of payoff that's worth right. kind of going through all these stories. Maybe they'll be connected or something. So I think it yeah. just needs something to kind of grab you rather than be like, look at this 30 minute story. And maybe we just didn't pick the best ones. Who knows? But That's true. Yeah, we've only watched two out of like, <laughs> what, like 40, <laughs> yeah. 45 episodes. <laughs> But I assumed that if it had someone that I actually knew that I really wanted to watch perform, then right. it would be enough to carry me through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do wonder if it's one of those things where it's like a an actor's TV show where maybe that's what made it kind of popular is that you get to kind of see certain people interact with other certain people. Because there was really interesting pairings, I would say, in these two episodes. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't know that many people in it besides you know a couple but mm-hmm. <laughs> you can inform me about the interesting pairs, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> sure. yeah i would say out of the two the one i responded to the most probably story-wise was swipe right mm, i'm the opposite mm. oh yeah <laughs> crossroads i liked both a lot but i feel like crossroads i had some issues with the script Hmm, let's see, opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can get into the specifics once we get to the recaps or the yeah, talk about or whatever you want to call it. Uh, should we get some notes? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, so we'll start with uh, season two, episode three, Swipe Right. 
It was released November 16, 2018, and it was directed by Liza Johnson, and it was also written by Liza Johnson. Mm, so it isn't like all the Duplass brothers. Yeah, I think the Duplass brothers just created the show. I don't know if they, right. maybe they wrote for season one or something, but I think after a while, they kind of let different people do different episodes and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. And then for our cast list, we have Michael Shannon as Nathan, Judy Greer as Darla Andrews. I was like, I know he's familiar to me, but I just don't know yeah. who he is. <laughs> he looks, I, I don't know what it was, but he looked a little bit different to me in this. Like there was something that was just, I don't know if it was like the hair color was different or the style, the makeup or something, but he did look a little different to me. Okay, good. I'm not just crazy. No. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Shannon as Nathan, uh, Judy Greer as Darla Andrews. I like her. I, I love Judy Greer. She's so good. Katya uh, from Drag Race as... Uh, <laughs> not even attempting the last name. <laughs> Zamalachikova, I think is how you say it. She played Ochin Priyatna. And we had... Kirill Kulish as one of the guards, and then Armin Way as one as the other guards. Okay. Guard. Excuse me. And then the only piece of trivia I could find about this episode was like the vodka skull that uh-huh. he has is actually it is Canadian and it's from Dan Aykroyd's distillery. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got that crystal skull obsession. Thing. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that episode. And then for season three, episode 11, Crossroads, that was released November 22nd, 2019. So basically almost a year after that. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, directed by Patrick Bryce and it was written by Sam Bain. Okay. And for our cast list, we had uh, Paul F. Tompkins as Lewis. Love him. He was our our main draw to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) We had June Squibb as Jean as like older Jean, Ashlyn Paul as young Jean. I think that's how you say it. Susanna Harder as Veronica. I couldn't remember who Veronica was. <laughs> is she the girl at the end, the singer? No, that is Lily Mae Harrington, who plays Beth. Oh. I can't remember. Um, and then we had John Bass as Dustin, who you might recognize most recently from She-Hulk. He played Todd. Oh. The guy, Yeah. For the guy who... Yes, um, I knew he was very familiar nerdy, to me. Yeah, he just looked a little different here. But <laughs> so I kept thinking the whole time, I was like, he looks so familiar to me. Who is this I person? thought he looked like Cole Sprouse, but like grown up. And I was like, how <laughs> he does did he have get that. grown up? But he's not grown up though, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was him. I mean, he is grown up, but whatever, you know. <laughs> like older, a little older. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's not really any good notes for this episode yeah okay. <laughs> i feel like this is gonna be a short episode just because we're moving right along but yeah. i'm sure we'll have a lot of to talk about oh yeah it's a fun one <laughs> okay so recap time for Swipe Right, we start off with a marching band. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, I was like, this is very weird. David Lynch. Yeah, it felt very David Lynch for there to be a marching band right at the beginning of the scene. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks like the marching band marches into the bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. It <laughs> sounds like, I thought at first, 
when we kind of get introduced to the characters, I was like, oh, is this band like playing music because at the request of Michael Shannon's character? But oh, yeah, I think they are actually trying to stop anybody eavesdropping. Like, oh, that's smart. So they're like playing to, you know, drown out his voice. That was my theory. That's smart. It could have just been all part of his <laughs> elaborate plan to date this woman, but we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> so we see Michael Shannon, and he's Russian. Mm-hmm. I just said, in the next room of Russian, because I didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking to someone on the phone. He was talking about the image they're projecting because they're trying to sow chaos, but they didn't want to use skinheads because skinheads have like a connotation and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> non skinhead chaos <laughs> yeah and then Katya comes in yeah, in a pillbox hat <laughs> and, uh, and a, like a cheetah stole yes <laughs> a cheetah something like that yeah what's the, the little I call them hand muffs where you put your hands in them <laughs> they're like uh-huh, the big tube uh-huh. yeah uh, she does not think that this motel is great or appropriate for a date <laughs> <laughs> have to agree (laughs) yeah and weirdly there is like one of those food racks those hotel Mm -hmm. food racks where you put the trace or kitchen i guess for big kitchens and stuff yes okay so katia leaves as judy greer comes in and you can still hear the band in the background (laughs) Uh, we find out that judy greer is a fan of his uh, or yeah. that's what it seems at the beginning. Like yeah. she's like a fan of his writing. Mm-hmm. Although she later says she never read it because it's in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of talking. He kind of like takes a call, pours some champagne. She says that she's a veterinary nurse who takes care of baby animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sweet. And he is a bit intense right from the beginning. <laughs> very. <laughs> And he's also kind of a, like a dorky. I don't know. There's like this whole ice bucket bit where he's like, yeah, they can't the fit ch- it through the door. Like, <laughs> this weird comedy that just makes him seem like kind of like a loser, you know, more than a um, <laughs> yeah, cool air like, that he's projecting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's like to me, it was setting up this idea that like he's like, no, he's like this secret ops like Russian. I don't know, like what you would call it, but basically like, you know, creates these kind of chaotic events to, I don't know if it's for political reasons or what, but he kind of is like this boss in his work life, but then it's like, he's on a date in a motel. Clearly he's (laughs) not so (laughs) boss-like in his dating life. And it's kind of like a dork and super nervous, which you think he wouldn't be because it's like, you do all these top secret things. Who cares about a date? (laughs) Right. I guess everyone's the same deep down. Yep. (laughs) So they toast to their first international internet date. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts asking her about her previous dates, Mm -hmm. which is awkward. She's like, are you sure you want me to tell you about this? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Not a great first date question. Yeah. And he's mostly concerned about how many Mm -hmm. previous internet dates she's had. And she's more saying they were all problematic and that they were all thought that they should be doing better right they were doing even if they were extremely successful they just were never content and she was like they're just sad (laughs) (laughs) which i kind of agree i i like that sentiment 
that it was like oh, yeah yeah she was definitely the highlight of the scene like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know she was the only one that was seemingly making sense to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think she was definitely like the sh- the quote-unquote straight man of the episode yeah He's, while she's, like, telling him all this stuff, he's, like, distracted on his phone the whole time. So Starting out as a horrible date from the beginning. Of course. (laughs) She thinks that he is a writer, and it's very confusing as to whether he is or not. (laughs) I said, this is about as confusing as hotel room at this point. (laughs) (laughs) He won't tell her his name. He's wearing a wedding ring, but won't say why. (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, weirdly, like, trying to be deceptive. But we don't necessarily know why, because it's not like he's getting nervous about those questions. He's just not answering them. Yeah. It's almost like he is not even acknowledging the questions. And right. he just distracts with like something else, which the next big distraction when she's asking about the wedding ring is suddenly the lights go down <laughs> and like disco lights come up and he starts rapping. and his guards come in and Katya comes in and they all start dancing (laughs) and then the marching band comes in and they're like accompanying his rap about what his name is the rap is about what his name is and he's like don't matter what you call me (laughs) right and like the dancers like have tearaway pants to like booty shorts (laughs) and they're (laughs) it was like felt very much like when they have the finale episodes for drag race and they're like at the convention center (laughs) and bruised dancers are out but yeah it It almost felt like a oh sorry (laughs) no i was gonna say it was just like a big rap about like him saying like asking what his name is but you're not gonna find out his name because it doesn't matter i guess yeah and it felt very much like a fantasy sequence until mm-hmm. it was over. And suddenly these guys with no pants on are like walking out of the room. <laughs> and they're like, well, <laughs> we got to leave. We can't. <laughs> they all leave except for Katya, who talks to Judy Greer while, what's his name? Michael is monologuing in the bathroom. <laughs> right. Because he has this whole thing about how she thought his name was, I think it was Nathan Ivanovich. But... His name is not Nathan Ivanovich because that book that he said he wrote, he actually didn't write and he thinks it's like a piece of shit. And but then <laughs> he says it's a piece of shit, but then he says like the guy who wrote it is like obsessed with Hamlet and saying it in like this way where he's like shitting on the book. And then she was like, Why is he obsessed with Hamlet? And he's like, Why <laughs> wouldn't he be obsessed with Hamlet? He's Russian. <laughs> All Russians are obsessed with Hamlet. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was like, Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, he has this whole thing about Hamlet. And this is when he goes to the bathroom and does like a quote unquote Hamlet scene with the skull, I think. I couldn't tell because, you know, I'm fair, I'm somewhat familiar with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen plenty of it, read a lot of it, but. It seemed like it should be a Hamlet monologue, but honestly, I could not place it. I was like, I don't yeah. think this is the big monologue from Hamlet. So maybe this is a different monologue from Hamlet or from something else. Or maybe it just kind of vaguely resembles a monologue from Hamlet. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and I guess it could also be saying that like he is such a loser that he can't even get the, ma- the monologue to himself about Hamlet correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I almost feel like... I would like to look it up, although I'm not going to do the research, but I almost <laughs> want to look it up and see like 
was it a different character's monologue in Hamlet mm. or something? Was it, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, but while he's in there, Katya is talking to Judy Greer, and she, Judy Greer is confused and concerned about what's going on. <laughs> uh, Katya is trying to talk to her, and she's like, why are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> And why have you never Googled him? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's to me, it's like. I, I love Katya's world weariness. And mm-hmm. that's the, my favorite part of her performance. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you didn't Google him at all. <laughs> Which is like, every time I see an ad for that show Catfish, I'm like, that should be the, that should be the episode. It's just, you didn't Google him. That's right. the episode. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Katya leaves, but while he's still in the bathroom, she does Google him and she confronts him when he comes out because she's found out that he does have a wife <laughs> and she asks him about his real life and whether he can at least attempt to be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah. She seems like she, she seems like she's, she's down for whatever it's going to be, uh, whether yeah. it's like mistress or like secret girlfriend or whatever. She's like, just tell me what's actually going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be concerned that I'm about to be abducted and killed at this point. Right. <laughs> and she tries to leave mm-hmm. and they are all like feeding her some lies about how unsafe it is. And they, mm-hmm. they lock them in basically. And so she's pretty much over him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame her. <laughs> But now he wants to tell her the terrible tragedy of his life. Of and she's like, great. Now I have to listen to another man. You know, <laughs> that he's inadequate. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just another typical horrible date. It doesn't matter if the guy comes from across the world. Right. It's just going to be shitty. <laughs> yep, I was like, is this trying to say that dating and or all men suck? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Or at the very least, Google who you're going to meet online. (laughs) See what you can find out. Well, I kind (laughs) of gave it a meh. Meh was my reaction (laughs) to the end. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I kind of wanted to see uh, at least maybe like a little bit of resolution or something. But it does feel, I I would say I would give it a solid six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I mean... It was definitely interesting, and mm-hmm. I think maybe it was just the message of the piece that I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next one. I don't know. Do you want to, like, do um some final thoughts on that one for a second? or Sure. Yeah, I think okay. a resolution definitely would have maybe made it a little bit better or maybe even make it like like amp up the comedy of it. I think that would have definitely improved it for me, at least. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of superfluous stuff that didn't like help tell the story, which I think maybe is the problem with a half an hour premise show is yeah. like if you're trying to be cool and add like a lot of atmosphere, then you're not telling the story. <laughs> right. You're kind of left like. Well, that was just like a snippet of a story. And I guess I can, can, you know, infer what happens next and what happened before. But right. I don't I'm just kind of like, OK, I don't feel <laughs> resolution by the end of this at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, I did enjoy 
the performances though i thought it was fun yeah definitely and it was definitely caught me off guard with that musical number did not expect it <laughs> yeah and it definitely did feel like it could have fit in with hotel room <laughs> yeah it does it did have a david lynch quality of like just the characters themselves and yeah yeah it kind of reminded me of that robert one a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> maybe just because of the dating aspect of it right okay well let's move on to our second episode yes crossroads crossroads season three episode 11 first can i just say how much i love paul f Tompkins? ever Me since too. i was like I, it's crazy because i listen to him now and i don't feel like he's you know that much older than me mm-hmm. which he probably isn't but when i was a kid my sister was obsessed with him mm-hmm. because he was always on comedy central and because right. they were always doing stand-up comedy back then and she loved his comedy set <laughs> so of course <laughs> i started getting into paul f Tompkins because of her and once I started getting into podcasts, I was like, Chelsea, Paul F. Tompkins is on every podcast <laughs> to listen. And he has about 10. <laughs> yeah. And I just, he's probably one of my absolute favorite people to see, like, as a guest on a podcast. Me too. He's very funny and very down to just be silly. I love that kind yeah. of person. And I love watching, like, during the pandemic, he and Lauren Lapkus started doing these mm-hmm. internet. Well, they were they were for a place in L.A. Dynasty typewriter, right? But because it was the pandemic, you could just buy tickets and watch it online, and so that was fun. And then when everyone could go back out, they started doing it at Dynasty typewriter, but they kept selling online tickets. So oh, I was great. like, this is the best thing that COVID did was let me be able to watch these <laughs> comedy shows. I think that's such so. a, it's like, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't believe we didn't think about doing like an online, like you have a week to I view it. People thought about it, but like nobody ever implemented it because they didn't have to. <laughs> right. I just think it's such a great moneymaker and a great way to, you know, have people elsewhere watch it. Totally. You can like quadruple your audience size if you're a small video. Exactly. So yeah, if you guys ever want to like find a good Paul Tompkins show, look up Dynasty Typewriter and see what's going on because yes, they're they're usually like at least one a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recently signed back up for Stitcher because they have like the entire archive of the Freedom podcast, uh-huh, which uh-huh. is Paul of Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, and Scott Ackerman, and it's basically yeah. just like <laughs> then silliness. <laughs> yeah, just like dicking around and being stupid and funny and i just love it yeah it's very funny i never thought i liked improv until i started listening to podcasts and i was like <laughs> okay it can be good <laughs> yeah i used to love his podcast uh Spontanea Nation, i think is what it was called uh-huh but then before he ended it a couple years ago but <laughs> i i really loved it yeah i've definitely listened to a few of his podcasts he has one that i should probably listen to but I just never got around to it. Mm. But whatever, let's get into this episode. Yes. <laughs> Enough gushing about Paul of Tompkins, who <laughs> honestly should be in way more stuff. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, great. He's a great screen. actor. Yeah. And this is what like a perfect part for him. So we start off, we are all kind of very much hotel room. We're going to the same hotel room through different time periods. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing... It's kind of, I don't know exactly what time period, maybe 60s or 70s. Yeah, but it does there's feel. like Christmas trees, 
Oh, Christmas tree is kind of the theme song of this episode. So I think it was a Christmas episode. <laughs> yes. But there's like an older TV and a radio and Paul Tompkins is there and he turns on the radio and some very creepy Christmas music comes out. <laughs> <laughs> he sits on the bed and closes his eyes and then there's a knock at the door and it's Jean. And I think because I just like read the premise of this episode, I already mm -hmm. pretty much knew what was going on. Right. So I was never felt confused during this episode. Me neither. But they don't really come right out and say it. It's still trying to be that like, you got to figure it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that hard. She's a potential client and he is there basically to sign her, have her sign her paperwork. But before she does, he really wants to check her commitment to mm -hmm. signing. And she's like, I'm totally committed. This is what I want. He keeps, she's like, keeps trying to sign without reading it. And he's like, no, you got to read it. You got to read it. You're right. She's like, listen, I want all the good stuff all the time. And I don't right. think it's fair that I don't get to have it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just like such a teenager thing. It's like, I don't care what it takes. I want to have things right now in front of me. Yeah. I want to live in a nice house. I want all the sex that I want with all the hot guys that I want. And I want everything that I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he tells her that he needs it to be 100% her decision. He doesn't want to do a hard sell. Right. And he really wants her to read the contract before she signs her soul away for eternity. <laughs> and she's like, I don't even believe in souls. <laughs> He's like, well, I can assure you hell is real. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one part of it that was like so weird. It didn't really make any sense to me where she was like, heaven and hell, like that's christian dogma i don't believe in that and it's like well what do you think is happening right now <laughs> right why are you trying to sell yourself <laughs> right because <laughs> he's like that's kind of our whole thing it's a integral right. part of the, the thing you're doing right now right <laughs> but she signs he can't really talk her out of it and so we have a little bit of a time jump it's later the the room furniture is updated although it didn't look like it was updated as much as the rest of the episode implied because like <laughs> i guess it was updated to modern day but it looked there was still like a, a radio that i was like that looks old <laughs> yeah well i wonder if it's like supposed to be like this kind of shitty hotel i guess so yeah so Jean is back but she's old now mm -hmm. she is there to meet up with um i don't even know what his name is in the series but oh paul Tompkins. yeah lewis 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 she's like i've had a great life i but i have a plane waiting so how long is this gonna take <laughs> <laughs> he's like ah uh, unfortunately today is the day of your reckoning so you're not gonna get on that plane. do you not remember the contract <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that she's going to hell for eternity and she says no <laughs> <laughs> And he is very annoyed that this happens every time. <laughs> he tells her that, no, this is not the ironic version of hell. It's actual burning torment, the traditional version. <laughs> <laughs> and she still refuses to believe it. So he gives her a preview. Mm -hmm. Open he opens up. the bathroom <laughs> and hell is inside the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> she immediately is like, Bleh, throwing up. Yeah, she vomits immediately. <laughs> She's like, I didn't realize... 
And then she is like, ah, I got to call my lawyer. And he's assuring her that there's no loophole. He's sat and watched a million lawyers look at the contracts. Mm-hmm. And basically, he finds his job very depressing. But she does not have any sympathy for him. <laughs> no, because she's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. She says she loved her life as a hard-headed, hedonistic asshole. And she admits to doing awful things and not caring and just like kind of leaning into that. <laughs> right. Definitely a candidate yeah. to go down to hell. <laughs> yeah. With or without the a contract. Right. <laughs> so we find out that he is an, he's not the devil. He's an executive assistant to the devil. <laughs> and he no longer cares for his job. <laughs> so she suggests that she take over his job. <laughs> that's ridiculous it'd be a win-win for both of them she wants to prove herself and she calls in justin or dustin i wasn't sure what she said i think his name was dustin oh dustin yes dustin Dustin, the um guy from she hulk she hulk (laughs) (laughs) and she opens the bathroom door and shoves him into hell You know, which I was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it proves that she can do the job because she doesn't care about him. But I feel like it would make more sense if she did it to someone she actually cared about. I don't think she cares about anyone except for herself. I think that's what she was telling us. (laughs) Right. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if she was like, I can prove that I could do this job, I can send anyone to hell. It's like, yeah, we I feel like we already know that I feel like it would make more sense if she had this like one person or thing that she cared about and that she lost it she's willing to give it up yeah she's just a horrible person (laughs) she's ready to take the job immediately ball of Tompkins I already forgot it checks in with his supervisor (laughs) to see if it's okay and the supervisor says yes that's fine surprisingly He before he leaves though, he warns her to watch her back because um there's a lot of politics in hell, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, before he can leave, a new girl comes in. It's her first appointment. And oh, it's Beth. Her name is Beth. Mm-hmm. And he does he the last person he's trying to convince her that there are other options. She doesn't need to sell her soul for cuz she wants to be a great musician or she wants Right her music to be heard by everyone. Jean, however, is not having it and she tells him to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) This is my job now. She's here for the hard sell. (laughs) And okay, before he can leave though, well, he opens the door to leave and it's snowing outside, Mm -hmm. which he's very excited to see, but he doesn't want to leave just yet. So he comes back in and asks her to sing him a song, Beth, and she sings great. And he says, she's good. And Jean tells him not to be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I like this one better, but it still felt unfulfilling. <laughs> yeah, I think my issue with the script was that there was just like an overuse of like fuck and all these other curse words. And I was like, I feel like we don't, I feel felt very much like, in high school when you first get to start using them around your friends and you just use them for everything. It's like, I don't think we need that many to kind of <laughs> understand that she's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's kind of the thing. She's got kind of stuck in her post high school phase and right. never really moved on. 
Right. Well, and I also would have appreciated like it not working out for her at the end because of how terrible she was. Well, we never really find out what happens, right. <laughs> you know, like that's right. kind of the problem. It's like interesting premise. It would be a good start to a story, but can we like get a, a conclusion? And I'm right. pretty sure none of the like stories, there's not like one from season one that's also in season two that's also in season three, you know, like. Right. They're all kind of singular. Yeah. So at my last sentence was maybe this just isn't the greatest premise for a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it just needs something to follow. Like, because I, I feel like if we have this new story every episode, it's like I don't get to kind of get to know someone to kind of, yeah. you know, hook me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I just never really felt like I got into it. And I doubt I would come back week to week to watch it. Yeah, I agree. It's just... But there are other shows like Twilight Zone that's not so... There's not so many rules to Mm -hmm. follow for each episode. Like, it doesn't all have to take place in the same room. And I feel like these kinds of shows can work really well, the anthology shows. But I just kind of feel like it's very limited by the scope of the parameters you're putting on it. Yeah, and I I think it would benefit also if, like, Maybe we start and end in the room every episode, but we can go out of the room in the middle of it. At or... least have some flashbacks or something. <laughs> yeah, something where it's like, or at least some, get to us, get us to a place where there are no rules. Because I think of places like Skinwalker Ranch, where it's like everything can happen here, and there's like, <laughs> okay, so the possibilities are kind of endless. We can have anything happen and have anything happen to the space, and it makes it more like unpredictable. I think what would be really cool for a show to take this premise and to have each one be its own little weird story, but in the end, they all relate to each other in some way and that make up cool. a greater story. And I mean, maybe that does exist within the show because honestly, we're just watching two things. Right. <laughs> right. But, and they're from two different seasons, so who knows? But I kind of get the impression that it doesn't. Yeah, me too. So. I just, yeah, I feel like it kind of put hotel room into perspective for me. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think maybe the the premise is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I may, I'm maybe we're just waiting for the right person to come along and use the premise in a way that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. Let us know if you've watched this show and there's like, the what's the best episode of it which one are yeah. you like no it works if it's this episode or whatever right or if it if there is like some sort of either through line or some sort of thing that makes it more um what we're wanting that we haven't been able to yeah. see since we only kind of cherry picked two episodes yeah that all that being said i still think this and hotel room were good i just yeah never felt like you know, they didn't really speak to me as a viewer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I liked both of these episodes. I liked Hotel Room and everything. So it's not anything like knocking against the people who are in it or making it. It's just maybe just doesn't speak to me as much as maybe other things would. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting having watched the the last, you know, Hotel Room and this mm-hmm. and just, you know, seeing the same kind of issues. Right. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someone will do something different one day with it and it'll be like, this is exactly what we were wanting. (laughs) (laughs) It very much feels like a low attention span 
yeah. generation type of <laughs> programming. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not on TikTok. I wasn't really on Vine and that the, you know, that's not for me. I like long form kind of things a lot. So yeah, I think a lot of that kind of short term stuff doesn't really speak to me as much. Yeah. But I do love Paul Tompkins and I like me to see too. him working for the devil. Did he, was he <laughs> a similar job in The Good Place? Wasn't he in The Good Place? I don't remember him in The Good Place. He was in that show Rutherford Falls. That was really good. I enjoyed that show a lot. And he was really funny on that one too. He was kind of like a character who was kind of like a mess and it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was a more recent show, right? Yeah. I think it's... Um, I don't think I saw that one. I... I I can't remember. I think it got canceled, but I really enjoyed it a lot. It was like Ed Helms and uh, what's her name? Who's on Reservation Dogs. Oh, well, Ed Helms is in Ted Lasso now, right? Or is that a different person? No, that's Jason Sudeikis. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I can't keep it bullshit. Yeah, Jana Schmeeding. Yeah, she is in Reservation Dogs. And she's really right. funny. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. I think yeah. she was, she, yeah, she was like a, a writer for um, Rutherford Falls as well. And I think she writes on hmm. Reservation Dogs. So she's just very talented. She's really funny. It's a good show. Even with it being probably canceled, I think, I think you still have two or three seasons. It's a, it's still worth a watch in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think so. I definitely would like to watch it. It's well, good. I like to watch anything with Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> yes. I think it's on Peacock. Oh, perfect. Everything, the moment. Everything's on Peacock nowadays. <laughs> it feels like, I feel like we have like <laughs> 10 shows on Peacock that we're watching. Oh, I'm still trying to make my way through. I just wanted to say Russian Doll, but that's not it. Poker Face? Poker Face. Yeah, I think we're yeah. still trying to finish up the last episode. Or I think so. God, I can't stop yawning. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we recorded. We're recording this episode during the the time change uh, oh. kind of era, and it's the worst because we both hate Hashtag this time standard change. time works. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we both despise this time change. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to. It's like every year I write a Facebook post about how much I hate it, but I decide not to this year. <laughs> I'm just be the same thing as I always say. <laughs> <laughs> Time repeating itself. But it feels harder this year. I don't know. It why. does. I don't know. I'm exhausted. But <laughs> which should we sort someone? Should we Sure. Do you want to start one or two? Let's do one from each. Okay. I would say let's do uh, Judy Greer's character and Paul Tompkins' character. Perfect. <laughs> well, okay, let's start with Judy Greer. Yeah. She works with baby animals. Mm-hmm. And Very caring. She seems, yeah, to give people a chance. You know, she... Yes. She's a cup half full person. Looking for love. Not too discouraged that she stopped looking or seems jaded. Right. So... Maybe, uh... Maybe a little bit naive in that mm. sense, just a touch. Yeah. Maybe she's like, I was going to say maybe a Taurus because mm-hmm. they're ruled by Venus. And, but I feel like maybe more so, maybe like um, a Pisces. Could be that. How do you feel about Sagittarius? She didn't really come across as a fiery to me, though. That's true. Well, I just, uh, yeah. But Pisces has the same mutableness. 
it's just a water sign instead of a fiery fire sign yeah i like the water aspect so let's go with pisces okay also maybe cancer but I feel like Pisces is more apt to just like kind of, you know, be uh, up for whatever social situation there. Yeah, in. I was going to say go with the flow more so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah then... let's say Pisces for her. Okay. And then I would say lawful good for D&D. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She, she seems like just a normal, regular good person. Yeah. And oh, who do we say? David Lynch or Jane Austen? Maybe we got to do both. Let's do both. I would say for Jane Austen. I would like Austin. to see her in both. I think she yeah. and Judy Greer could be in a Jane Austen or a David Lynch. Maybe oh, yeah. like a modern Jane Austen. I definitely She agree. would have been so good in modern persuasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's just such a... I love her and everything she does. She's an Ant-Man as the mom. Yeah. And she's good in that. But she was also in the show recently. It got recently canceled, which is like one of those shows where it's like, how oh, could you cancel it? It was so good. Uh, it was called Reboot. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> but for Jane Austen, I would say she almost feels like a very classic, like Pride and Prejudice kind of gal. You know who I would love to see her as? What, what's her name? The, oh God, I can't remember her name. But she's the guardian of Catherine Moreland in <gasps> Danger Abbey. Oh. Mrs. Hold one second. I'm like, is it with an F? It's like speaking. <laughs> Mrs. Allen? Mrs. Allen. I just feel like she would be hilarious, Mrs. Allen. Oh, for sure. <laughs> or even, honestly, if you kind of age him up a little bit, in Isabella. Oh, yeah. She'd be, she would be well, really Well, if funny. she was younger, she could be a lot of the funnier like she yeah like a great harriet or something like that yeah you know just like she's definitely like a role. yeah definitely very comedic i originally was like mary musgrove but <laughs> <laughs> she probably but could do like, that too yeah she probably could but she, she just wouldn't have her natural likable charm right although maybe that's what mary needs is someone to play her who's just got like a natural likable charm so you can like her <laughs> despite <true>. herself <laughs> that's true <laughs> okay. and i could totally see her in a david lynch i'm oh, just yeah. casting her as opposed to saying what her character would like but <laughs> oh yeah no i like the casting aspect of it. that's really fun i mean obviously i think she would fit in with twin peaks but if we were gonna like to recast her in like a movie role part of me was like Pardon she me? could have been the Laura Dern. I was just about to say it. Like, <laughs> I keep going to Wild at Heart. So I could totally see I her keep that. Thinking of like Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway, like just some sort of part in there. I'm mm-hmm. almost like, was she in there? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if she did show up at some point. Or this the third season of Twin Peaks. I definitely could have seen her show up in that. I don't I don't think she does. I'm now I'm like, is someone gonna yell at me because she's actually in something? I'm just <laughs> it could be. She's definitely one of those actresses who kind of shows up in everything. Yeah. And you know, it assuming that she's not in, I think she could have just been in any David Lynch, probably. I think her character would like probably would like Wild at Heart, just because, you know, she's looking for the romance. Mm-hmm. Passion. Yeah. I think she would like yeah, I think she would like the the love aspect, maybe blue velvet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, she she's... takes some intensity. <laughs> yes, yes. It seems like it. She's very. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem phased by a lot. Yeah. And Paul F. Tompkins. 
lawful evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely follows the rules, but is like mm, the evil ones, please. <laughs> I mean, maybe lawful neutral just because he's so not feeling it, but you know, your job is your job. So, <laughs> right. I like that a but lot. Astrology. I feel like maybe Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> He's got all his papers in a row and organized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do organized. logical arguments. <laughs> I like that. Virgo, lawful neutral. Or maybe uh, an Aquarius because he's got the high-minded ideals, you know, like yeah. looking out. He does seem really connecting. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. And then uh, if we're going to cast him, I feel like he could also be one who could be an either. Totally. Totally. Um, for... Oh, gosh. That's his name. I want him to be Emma's father. <laughs> <laughs> he would be so good as Emma's father. Very silly, very fun. Or Mr. Bennett, or... Mm -hmm. I was thinking he would be a great... My God, what is going on in your house? <laughs> uh, Josh Spock just came to pick up the dogs. Oh, I just hear... The dogs, <laughs> She can't help herself. I think he would be a great Mr. Collins. Yes, he would be a good Mr. Collins, too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be like, oh, you can't turn down to Paula Tompkins. <laughs> right. <laughs> it'd be like, oh, is this the twist is she actually goes to Mr. Collins. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, and then for... He's half already dressed for it at any given moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and for, J uh, for um, David Lynch. David Lynch. Also could just see him randomly appearing in like a season three of Twin Peaks. Or, um, you know, even like a spooky, like a nightclub, like say Blue Velvet, like he's the one who introduces the, the performers. Right. You know? <laughs> That's a great idea. Or he could be like one of the goons in uh, Blue Velvet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I want them both to be in both. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, how do I become a casting agent and make people do what I want them to do? <laughs> well, we somehow made it to an hour, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fun, silly episode. Yeah. And uh, I don't know when this is coming out in the order, so maybe we already watched Sin Sin Sin. No, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we already watched Sanditon, or yep. maybe we haven't. I don't know. Yep. Only you know. <laughs> Only the listener holds the power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. We hope you enjoyed this episode and I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can... Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you prefer. We also have a donate button on our website, mannersandmadness.com. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.